Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to church. You know, church is a place to be trained. Church is a place where, um, where we all gather to have fellowship with one another than with, than with Jesus. Church is a place where when we meet, there are other people present because it is Mount Zion. And so there are other entities here. So tonight we're going to have a conversation tonight. And, you know, I just pray tonight, Father, that tonight as we speak of your word, as we share your word tonight, that there will be baptism, O God. Amen. That there shall be baptism. Amen. There shall be baptism. Amen. And the fire of the Lord will permeate our soul, Amen. permeate our hearts in the name of Jesus. Amen. And then you give us visions tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Faith will be born tonight again. Amen. 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 Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, we have a very simple conversation, but I know that this is the heart of God. Um, God loves us to win souls and to go for evangelism. So we are talking about soul winning and evangelism. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Um, let's see 2 Corinthians 5, 18. <clears throat> okay, now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself. But first of all, have you greeted one another? Yes. We have. Oh. I think we are used to it, right? All right. So let's, let's go into the word of God. Now all things are of God. Are we here? Who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of words, reconciliation. 19 says that that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. 20 says, now then, we are what? First of all, in 19, let's go back to 19, let's see something there. In 19 it says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed us, to, and has committed, yes, that's what I was I jumped the other time. And has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Is everybody born again here? Okay. I think that's not the question. The question, if you are not born again, you can raise your hand. It's like nobody answers that question. Somebody, okay, the person was killing fly. Okay, somebody is saying like, don't look here. Don't worry, I can't pick you by the spirit. I don't don't know (laughs) how I can't do that, so... But if you're not born again, tonight you'll be saved. Amen. Yeah, because when there's preaching of the word, there's also salvation. So, but now this is to us who are born again, right? It says that he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. What has Jesus committed into our hands? Yeah, it's going to be a bit very interactive tonight. The word of reconciliation. So this is what Jesus committed to our hands, right? Then in 20 it says... Now then, we are ambassadors for what? For Christ. As though we were pleading through us, as though God were pleading through us. Did you see that? Like, for me, this was the first time I was seeing that in the scripture. 
I, I don't think I have paid attention to that line in the scripture. It says, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be what? To God. Praise God. So, if you are born again here, like you all said, it's like everybody chorus, yes, we are. Then one of your first assignments is to win souls. Is to go. Okay, that's a bit distracting. Is, is there like speaker on that? Is that remote? <laughs> All right, so don't be distracted, you know. Um, don't let anything distract you. It's the enemy. <laughs> Just focus. <laughs> yeah, you know, many, many things can distract us. You can, distra- you can be distracted. I can be distracted. I can be very focused on what I'm doing here. Um, you can be a bit distracted. So it's not good for any of us to be distracted, right? Yes, so let's just focus on the word of God. And Jesus is in our midst. Yes. Yes. Amen. Glory to Jesus. And that's the most beautiful thing. I actually came here very excited, very full of the spirit, very full of joy. Anyway, I'm always like that. So <laughs> tonight we're going to enjoy the word of God. Amen. So we have our, our assignment is to reconcile the world to God. Our assignments, you know, some people will call it like Great Commission. We have heard that if you're used to Bible study like this, you'd have heard Great Commission and all that. But I'm talking about soul winning and evangelism. So this scripture is saying that God, when you're doing, when you're, when you're winning the soul, is as though God is in us, pleading through us. It's like he's speaking through you to the person you're trying to win over. Did you see that? That's beautiful. I think I would like God to speak through me. I think I would like God to speak through me. Like what I'm doing right now, God is speaking through me. But beyond here, beyond the pulpit, we need to be out there and God needs to speak through us. Now, one of the things that is going to happen tonight to you is that there will be passion born tonight. There will be, you'll be inspired again afresh. Because, you know, this kind of topic, you can be used to it. It's so winning, evangelism and all that. But, you know, tonight, I have so much faith that there will be renewal of mind and the passion of Jesus will be born again tonight. Amen. So, like I said, if you're born again, what are we supposed to do? Win souls. If you are born again, you have to win souls. Now, when I say if you are born again, you know, notice that I did not say if you're a pastor. Notice I didn't say if you're an evangelist. Notice I didn't say if you're a prophet, and I neither did I say you're a teacher. I said if you're what? At any level that you are, you ought to win souls. Like, you can be born again today and win soul today. Once you're born again, you are given the great commission, which is to win souls, which is to reconcile the world to Christ. If you're born again today, you can as well just go ahead and share your story. Today, and you can win souls today. That same day, that very hour, you can win souls. Some of the things that we, you know, we look away from, you know, let's just go for that. Let's see Matthew 28, 16 to 20. You know, there was a story of a man. 
And it was so funny. The man was saying that, you know, when he gave his life to Christ, you know, he had been a sinner for a long time or an unbeliever for a long time. And maybe a young adult. And, you know, he got saved. And when he got saved, he was enjoying Jesus so much that he just told Jesus one day, one of his prayer moments, that, can you just take me? Let me be with you. Have you prayed that prayer before? No. All of you want to stay here. You know, like out of, when, when you give your life to Christ, there's this love that you have at that moment. And one of the signs is that you just want to be with Jesus. <laughs> they will tell you, come and eat. You say, no, I'm reading my Bible. They say, come and uh, let's go out. Let's go somewhere. You say, no, I'm busy. I want to pray tonight. The way you are looking, it's like you don't do that again. I'm actually, <laughs> we have to be like that forever, actually. But you know, sometimes we fall short of all those, which is why we always want to gather, which is why we should always gather, so that we can be refired. So when that my story, when that man got saved, it was like that. It was just a baby loving the Lord, and he didn't want anything. He didn't want, I remember when I got saved, I, one of the things I didn't want is I just didn't want boys around me. I had so much boys that I didn't want them around me. There were too, much, too many distractions. So I just said, no, boys. In fact, at some point, I said, I'm going to get married. (laughs) But I had more boys. I think my fire was attractive, so I had more boys. But I was saying no to them. I said, no, you're going to distract me. I love Jesus. Peace out was one of them. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) Hallelujah. You know that thing that they say that people, um, women, uh, well, ladies like to, um, they love pastors or man of God. No, it was not me. I was not, I was not there. I was not part of them. <laughs> me, I just love Jesus, right? It's obvious, right? <laughs> so, then Jesus told that man, that my story. He just said, no, I, I think, I think you should stay here. And then the man asked, you know, in his it was just asking Jesus, so why should I be here? Like, I have everything I have. I'm saved, and I'm enjoying my relationship with you. Let me just come over. Then Jesus said, then if you come over, who is going to preach to the others that needs to be saved? You see why you can't come yet? So that is what soul winning is in the context of your being born again. Once you're born again, you need to now continue the work. If you are being preached to and you gave your life to Christ, you need to then continue it. You need to do the same thing. So if you stop doing the same thing that got you saved or the same thing somebody did for you to get you saved, you're wrong. Did an angel get anybody here saved? It's possible. Did somebody, if, you, if someone got you saved, raise up your hand. Okay, majority of us. So would you get somebody saved? It's as simple as that. That's the summary of my entire message. Is Jesus asking you, if someone got you saved, would you get somebody saved? If somebody didn't get you saved, you won't be here today. If somebody didn't get you saved, you won't be seated enjoying Jesus. If somebody didn't get you saved, you can't have devotion. If someone didn't get you saved, you can't have a relationship with Jesus. If somebody gets you, got, didn't get you saved, 
you cannot, you cannot have a better life or a great life. So imagine your life without Jesus. And imagine a whole lot of number of people out there that are without Jesus also. You can see we have a lot of work to do. We have a whole lot of work to do. Praise God. Matthew 28, 16, then the, 11, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. Yeah, keep reading. To 20. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. You know, when they saw him, because that time he had reason. And so, but when they saw him, they doubted him. Watch. Pick the word, but they doubted him. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me. I think Pizak has stretched this so much that all power and authority has been given to who? Jesus. Is it still with Satan? No. Is it with who? Jesus. And if it's with Jesus, you have it, right? Yes. Great. All authority has been given to me in heaven and where on earth. Next verse says, Go therefore and make disciples where of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things I have commanded them, you, and lo, I am with you always today. This is the part I love the most. Jesus is with you always. Especially when you're doing this, Jesus is with you. Should you see that? Don't worry, you have more understanding as we go. So, if you're born again, you also win souls. Do you love Jesus? You do. You have to win souls. If you love Jesus, you have to win souls. John 14, 23. Let's see. John 14, 23. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will what? Keep my word. Did you see that? Please, let's stay focused on the scripture. Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me. Did you see that? Jesus is even particular about people that love him. He said, he didn't say, everybody loves me. Did you say all the children love him? He said, if anyone loves me. What, what, what will the person be doing? Keep my word. And my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. One of the signs that you love Jesus is that you're keeping his word. And one of the passion of Jesus' heart is the great commission. It is so winning. So you can see that there's a little bit of gap in our confession of loving Jesus. I, for one, have had to repent over and over again. There's a gap. There's, there's something is wrong. The scripture is clear, right? Because the scripture says, Jesus in his word says, if you love me, you will keep my word. That's, I'll be particular to you. You will keep everything that I have said. Everything that I have commanded you is what you keep. Of course, if you're keeping something, it means you're doing it. So, this is the word of God. That you reconcile the word to God. Are we keeping that word? We have to measure up in our confession. When we say we love Jesus, we have to measure up. So, one of the things I will say to you tonight is Jesus is not deceived. Praise God. 
are there people who don't live for themselves? That's in John 12, 25, 26. Just two verses. Let's just see. He who loves his life, what? And he who hates his life in this world, what? 26 says, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. When where I am, then my servants will be also. I want you to see the words he's using. He uses words like, serve me, follow me, my servants. Pay attention to those words. You know, there are a lot of problems in this life. I found out, you know, that problem does not finish. I thought maybe if I am 35 and when I'm 40, crossing up to 45, 50, problem will finish. After secondary school, primary school, secondary school, is it that jump thing? <laughs> if I can open the teenager's head and tell them that they'll be fine, that jam that they will cross over, like, very soon they, they will also pass it. That jam to trouble so many people for some got it at once, some two years, three years, some five if you are five, if you are five years, nah, nah, nah. Nah, stop it, stop it. <laughs> Problems don't finish. You're from one face to another. The only issue I'll have is if you have too many at once. But problems generally don't finish. See, if you because of problem. The problem in your life, in life, because even if you don't have problem in your life, there's problem in life. If you don't, if there is no problem around you, or rather, if you have so, if you have problem, or if you don't have problem, let me just use the word you don't have problem, because it's not be as if I'm the one preaching that you have problem. <laughs> but let's say you don't have problem. Let's say that you see, Nigeria now we need prayers. I won't say we have problem, but I will say we are, we need prayers. So you can see that. We can't, because of that problem and that challenge, stop winning souls because it doesn't finish. It's to say to you that even if you have a problem in your life, it will not end. It doesn't end like that. It's from one trial to one. It's just that for the Christian man, it's a bit different because inside you, you can have peace. Inside it, you can have joy. Inside it, you can have stability of mind. Inside it, you can know what to do. But you cannot stop the Great Commission. You can't give Jesus excuse of, until you solve this my problem, then I'll go and win souls. You can't. You can't, state, you can't say to Jesus that until this my issue is solved, then I'll preach the gospel. You can't. Did you see that? I want to see Mark 16. One of the things I want to see in this scripture is that Jesus will not wait for us to grow up. You know, there was a time that we went on a series of spiritual growth, right? You remember that series? Jesus will not wait for you to grow up. You know, many people are waiting for, you know, as we come to church, I'm going to be very practical because it affects all of us, okay? As we come to church, all of us want to know God. 
We want to grow in God. Does that look like you and I? We want to love on God. We want to fellowship with the brethren. (laughs) But we don't like to fellowship with the world. It can be that. It can be that you are afraid of rejection. You are afraid that if you hijack somebody on the road and say, eh, it's Jesus I want to talk to you about, then the person will give you a knock on your head. <laughs> of course, it can't be that. In other places, yes, it can, they can be very brutal, but in Nigeria, they're still very nice people. But it can be fear of rejection. It can be fear of, no, 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 I don't want to hear, no, 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 I'm fine. I know Jesus. Some people would even tell you they are, they are Jesus' friend. <laughs> it can be fear of, um, of what to say. Mark 16, let's see from 1. Let's just go through this scripture. We'll see now. Okay, now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary mother of Jesus, and Salome bought spices. Okay, let's go to 3. They were going to go and anoint Jesus, his, his body. Okay, 4. And when they looked up, they saw the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe, sitting in the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen, and he is not here. See the place where they laid him. Go tell the disciples and Peter, and he's going before you in Galilee. There you will see him, and he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb. You know, for, let's just keep reading. For they trembled and were amazed, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. When he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him. Something about women. Is it that, see, let me just tell you this. When I was reading scripture, I told myself that, is it that we talk too much? Or is it just that we are very passionate people? <laughs> Pick one of the two. Because it, she was one who was spreading the news up, and, up about, you know. And is it that, is the thing about women that they talk too much? Or they are just very passionate. But I think I think they are just very passionate people, right? Women are just very passionate, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And they mourned and wept. Then, then when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. Watch now. Did you see that line? They did not believe. After that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country and they went and told it to the rest. But they did not what? Believe them either. Another set. Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into the world. Look at the next line. If I were the one, I would not send them. I thought that before this line, there should have been a preparation. I thought that before this line, they should have been, then he sat them down and then was teaching them and convinced them, you know, and then they now believed. The same set of people that did not believe. See the charge. 
Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes is baptized and will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. Next verse. And these times we follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will see. Now, if you're quoting scripture out of, please always read the entire scripture so you can have understanding. So in case you are saying that in my name, you can see the people that you are talking to. They did not believe. So when you want to cast out demons, you are also part of people that did not believe. It's not like you believed before you started casting out the demon. Your only was a charge. Jesus only gave a charge. It's okay where you are. Just go into the world. You don't have to wait for a long time and tarry over believing. You don't have to think about it. It's okay where you are. Yours is to step up. Let the charge work for you. Go into the world. That's the charge. But we keep waiting. Many of us are used to sitting and waiting for some supernatural power to push us to go into the world. There will be no supernatural power. There will be no presence. No goose pimples all over your body. No special announcements. No audible voice. This charge is in the scripture. Very clear inside the Bible. Very simple. Almost hidden. The only charge is go into the world. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents and they will drink anything deadly. It will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Are you going to lay hands on the sick? Are they going to recover? When you lay your hands, will they recover? Next verse. So then after the Lord has spoken to them, he said, so see, after the Lord has spoken to them, it was what? Received up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. I love this place. Look at the positioning of the person who sent them. The positioning should give you enough boldness. You see why Jesus didn't care whether they believed or not? He's sitting at the right hand of God. That's where authority and power is. Did you see that? That's where he's seated. When anyone is seated there, you can do anything. You know, sometimes when we're going to go and win souls and preach, we forget this backdrop. There's a backdrop that gives power to the church. Jesus' position is seated at the right hand of the Father. That's where he is. And you're working for his company. You are a staff for the company of God. Evangelism is not an ordinary thing. So winning is not a casual thing. You can see there are not many on the streets doing it. It's not a casual thing. Is the devil has already blow powder of, of fear and different kind of things. I don't even know what to call it. But you see that thing that oppresses you when you're going about to win soul. 
that thing that makes you feel like, oh, maybe another day, maybe tomorrow, oh, maybe not necessarily, maybe I should just keep my Jesus in my pocket. That thing is a spell of the devil. And it's not a good one. Because you're not fulfilling the great commission. You're not fulfilling the heart of God. So you need to deliver yourself from such spell. Many a times you just need to get up and do the right thing. Many a times you just need to open your mouth and you shall be filled. I pray to people, I didn't know they would be saved. I'm telling you, like, <laughs> I didn't, like, they, they didn't believe. I just went about it. And when I heard that they are saved, I'm like, they are saved? Are they saved? Oh, wow. I'm telling you. You see, you don't have to believe fully. You don't have to be 100% charged. Your battery doesn't have to go 100%. You can take 1% and they shall be saved. The point is, do you understand the person sending you? Do you know the nature and the positioning of the person sending you? Do you know that all authority is with him? Do you know that all power is with him? Do you know this is the heart of the father? That men should be saved and should not perish. Do you understand that men are going to perish? Do you understand that he's coming back again? Do you understand that Jesus is coming back again? Do you understand that there will be a certain day? There will be a certain day when Jesus comes in the clouds and men will go. They will be lifted up on earth. Do you know that there's that day coming? I know. Do you know? I do know. I'm conscious of it. And I'm asking for increased consciousness. You should ask for increased consciousness. Because we forget ourselves here on earth. And we are too relaxed. Do you know that your brother and your sister that is not saved will be born in hellfire? Do you know that that beautiful girl that you call your friend might born if you don't preach the gospel? Do you know that your dad and mom might born if they are not born again? Do you know? Do you know there is a reality called a day? It's called the Lord's Day. And it's coming back again. It's the last day. He owns that day. Nobody owns it. And it's coming. It's coming. And he doesn't want anybody to perish. This is the Lord's desire. That nobody perishes. Jesus actually has faith that the whole world will be saved. That's the greatest faith I've ever seen in my life. He actually believes. Do you believe? <laughs> he believes that the entire earth will be saved. He died for the whole world. And he believes that, peradventure, if one is saved, then one can save another. He actually has calculated the mathematics that if you're saved, you can save another. He said, and those of their household. First start with your household. Then from your household, you can stay, save your friends. The people that work in your company, by relationship, that we are not so used to Jesus Christ and enjoying him alone.
Jesus is not so happy that you enjoy him alone and you don't talk about him to others. Let's see this scripture, Luke 9, 24. He's not so glad about it. That there's just this self, it's also selfishness. For whoever desires to save his life, will what? Lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, will what? Save it. Next verse. We're going to 26. For what profit is it for a man if he gains the world, the whole world, and is himself destroyed and lost? What profit? Next verse says, this is your charge, our charge. For whoever is ashamed of me and my word, words, of him, the son of man, will be what? Ashamed. Will be what? Ashamed. Please make noise about it. Ashamed. It's certain. The word of God is law. It's not a suggestion. And it's not like a counsel. Ashamed when he comes in his glory and in his fathers and the holy angels. Did you see that coming? It's a reminder that don't forget though, as we are enjoying on earth, there is a coming, oh, it's like an announcement. There is a coming. When it comes, it's coming with the father and the holy angels. And they are coming to get the saints. I'm not praying for us to be part of it. We are already saved. I'm praying that we will go and look for people that should join us. Some of the things that Jesus cannot do himself is like so winning. Except for once a while, he will appear by himself when he needs to get a soul on earth. But there are very few limited you know, stories like that. You are the messenger. You are the servant of God. It is you who he has sent. It is you who he has given power and authority. It is you who has put the passion in the heart to save souls. He's waiting on you. We wait on you. Lord, we wait on you. You one day we wait on you. I'm looking for another person's name. I'm fitting so that I don't sing rubbish. It's only you one day's name that came. It's not only you one day I'm talking to. God is singing back to you. Remember, when you sing that song, he's also singing back to you. Jesus is waiting on you. Sometimes there can be nudgings. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will nudge you softly when you are beside someone that is not saved. Preach the gospel. Say something about Jesus. Okay, share your story. But then we ignore it. Because the Holy Spirit is a gentle spirit. It doesn't come with hammer. Not with fire, not with brimstone. Hoping that his child is so alive to pick it so that that soul can be saved. Say, for whoever is ashamed. I know that evangelism is like a shameful thing, right? It's not a shameful thing. It's perspective and not having the mind of God. This is the mind of God. This is having sound mind and wisdom. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words. If your words, if his words doesn't make much, it doesn't, he's not weighty in your heart. Say, 
of him, the son of man, will also be ashamed. Like, this one, eh? Jesus is not trying to love you. He said, do me, I do you. That's the scripture. Say, do me like this, I do you like that. On that day, I also will be ashamed of you. Why should we be ashamed? Our Heavenly Father is a beautiful one. The life that you're living, don't you love it? There is forgiveness in it. There is love in it. There is recovery. There is mercy. There is grace. It's a complete life. Why don't I want to give another person? There is power in it. The blessings of God are in it. You know, many people come with, to me with a lot of problems. And my solution is, get Jesus. Get Jesus. If you have Jesus, you're good. The problem might be staring at you. Stay at it back with your Jesus. That's all. I get Jesus. So a lot of people need to get this Jesus. And the thing is, men are crying out for Jesus. A lot of souls are tired and weary. And this is a noun thing. There's actually a revival that we are in. Souls are actually tired. They've tried all sorts. Listen to me closely. They are done. A lot of souls out there that are not saved are actually done. They need somebody to bring Jesus to them. If you and I would, many souls are tired. Are tired. They've tried this, they've tried that. They've done this, they've done that. They've believed all sorts. They've tried this power, that power. What they're actually searching for is Jesus. Because the Lord has planted eternity in the heart of man. So they actually want Jesus. But they need the authentic one. And I think you and I have it. Right? We do have it. Let's not shy away from what we have. Let's, if we say that our Savior is the one and only Savior, why don't we introduce him to another person? If Dangote were your father, would you be shy of introducing him? Would you say, no, I don't really want people to know. Shh, 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 keep quiet. Would you say that? You won't say that. You won't say, see, if that were your father, you wouldn't have to say it. Would you have to say it? You wouldn't have to announce it. It would just be all over you. People will know. People even carry the word about. Have you seen that girl? She's Dangote's daughter. Have you seen that guy? Dangote's son. Are people talking about you like that? Now, if you're being a child of God, has not allowed people to call you pastor by mistake. You have not started. If people have not mistakenly be called pa- pastor, lekon. So I mean, she pastor. Eh? But your behavior and pastor, they are the same thing. You have not started Christianity. You haven't started, and I'm saying with all my full chest, you have not started your Christianity. People ought to get the vibe that you are his child. Because if you are Dangote's child, the whole world will know. So why are you ashamed of Jesus? I don't want him to be ashamed of me. I'm going to go all about boldly. 
He doesn't have to tell me to do it. Praise God. Hallelujah. It is on this journey we are purified. It is on this journey we are purified. Let's see that Mark 16 again. Let's see um, 1920 from 19. It was, it was received into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. And they went out and what? I like these guys. You know, they didn't wait for Jesus again. See what they did? They went out and preached everywhere. Everywhere. I'm thinking that they went back to that their house. Where everybody knows that their head is not correct. Now, watch me. Listen to me closely. You know that place you're running away from? Where everybody knows your character? Go there. That's where you should start from if you're not ashamed of Jesus. Don't you think that Jesus knows that you're a work in progress? When he sent this one, he knew. He knows you're a work in progress. He knows that today you're on, tomorrow you're off. He understands. But he's not going to wait for you to be perfect. Jesus will not wait for you to grow up. He's just saying, go. Go. Go into the world. Are they going to eat you up there? Go. Are they going to insult you? Go. Because even the scripture says that if you are insulted for my sake, it's okay. Right? It's okay. And there's profit for it. Go into the world. When you go, it will purify you. It is on the journey that you are purified. You cannot stay there forever for 100 years. You will not be purified sitting down. It's when you start going, you will be purified. If you stand up and be servants, it will wash you. I'll tell you why it will wash you. If you stand up and be a servant, it will wash you. If you stand up for Jesus and serve him, he will wash you. He's very particular about his name. He will wash you. The washing you have prayed for all your life, the change you have asked God for all your life, when you're on the journey of serving the Lord and working on his behalf, he will wash you. He will not only purify you, he will sort you out. You will be sorted on all life fronts. Anything you're asking God, he will give you. You go and serve. You'll be well taken care of. Well. More than you can take care of yourself. You'll be well taken care of. You know, to work for God's company is another thing. To work for a man is one thing. When you work for his company, is another thing. You will lack nothing. 
You know Romans 1.16 will say, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, right? Why are we not ashamed of the gospel of Christ? There is power in it. Power. Power. Super power. Jesus power. Super power. Jesus power. 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 Hey, shit. Nonsense. <laughs> when I was drunk, that's how I used to sing it. Sorry. <laughs> that's remix, Abby. Maybe it's me that put it. <laughs> Praise God. That is Romans 1.16. We cannot be ashamed. In this gospel, there is power. And the power above all. The Bible says all authority has been given to him. He has collected it. All power is his. And you are his child. What do you lack? You lack nothing. I'm talking about presently. I know you are looking at your bank account. But you lack nothing. You lack nothing. You have power. Luke, seven, Luke 9, I think we have seen it. So let's go back to Romans, no, to Mark 16. I want us to see 20 again. Mark 16, 20. Praise God. Hallelujah. I know one of the things that is happening tonight is we are having the visions of God. Our eyes are being opened again. So they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord, the Lord walking with them. The Lord walking with them and confirming the word through words signs. They didn't even know. Do you know? They didn't know. The Lord walking with them. You want the Lord to walk with you. Go and preach. Go and win souls. Go out there. You want to see practical signs of him moving with you. Go and win souls. That prayer I've been praying for a long time, that you think that God is not answering. Go and win souls. You see the Lord walking with you. He's passionate about this. This is his own personal assignment. You understand? That's why that scripture earlier said, He's like he's doing it through us. He's pleading through us. It's his own assignment. So anybody that stands for him, winning souls and preaching the gospel, he's doing it through you. And many things happen when the Lord is walking through you. Things that man cannot do. Things that you cannot do by your strength, by your power, will begin to happen. When you go about winning souls, you see blind eyes open. You will see miracles. It's not inside this church, too. I'm not talking about inside this church. No, I'm not talking about it here. Go out into where? The world. When you go into the world, you see miracles happen. But if you stay in a place, you just keep imagining it and keep receiving it. I receive miracles. Let miracles begin to flow. No, it's not like that. Go into the field, go out. Your neighbor's child is sick. Go and pray. Don't ignore. Don't rush out. Something is happening around you. Don't be casual. Be committed to Jesus. Don't be casual. You know, many teachings have gone in this house and they're like a reminder of what we should do. Everywhere we are, at our place of work, 
And there are various ways to go about this thing. There are various strategies. There are different strategies. If you want to win souls, you can just be the person's friend. It's easy. Just make friends with the person. Your agenda is to win the soul. There are various kinds of strategies. You can be the first person. You can be kind. You can show kindness. You can be, you can be, you can show, let the goodness of God come through, through you to the person. The person understands that God is good. Be good. Let the goodness of God come through you to the person. And let the person ask, are you a Christian? You are winning souls. The person wants to know your God. Let your Godliness, let it show in character. I have a lot to say, you know, on this thing. But we're going to round it off. I just want to show us just a few things where Sometimes some people just require intellect, just a discussion, intellectual discussion. They are saved. You know, that happened with a woman in scripture, um, I think in Acts 16, from, you can just look at it, let me see. I think it's Lydia. Okay, go down. Next verse. Please be fast. Um... Why you see Lydia, you can just stop. Just intellectual discussion. Like, don't be rigid. When you're going out to win souls, don't be rigid. Yeah, this is it. She's a seller of purple. From what? From a city of... I cannot pronounce it. You can pronounce it. <laughs> Who worshiped God? What I'm saying here is just simple. I'm showing you, if you go through Acts you see various methods that you can use to win souls. I also thought it was one way before, but I'm beginning to see by the Spirit. Sometimes you can be led by the Spirit to someone, but you don't have to wait to be led. Just go into the world. This is a woman, and if you don't have intellectual, this thing, you cannot talk to Lydia. Lydia will not be saved like that. You understand? So there are different kind of souls, and there are various strategy to get them saved. And the Holy Spirit can lead you in different directions. So don't go one way. Don't go always and say, I come to preach to you, Jesus Christ, our Lord and personal Savior. Will you receive him? <laughs> you can just irritate the person. The person can just be put off. You knock on somebody's door and say, I came to talk to you about Jesus. Do you know him? <laughs> so sometimes you can just wait on your spirits. I know what exactly to say. Sometimes you will not mention Jesus' name. Just in conversation. Sometimes it's listening. Just open your ears to listen to the person. Some people just need somebody to listen to them. And they keep coming. Have strategies. What I'm saying is, have a plan. If this is a command, if Jesus expects this of us, if this is the great commission, then you ought to have, like you have financial plan. You ought to have we need soul strategy. We need soul plan. And it has to be daily. It has to be daily. Be their friend. Some people need power encounter. You just need to lay hands. There'll be deliverance. The person is saved. Some people, it's not English language. Though. If you check in this scripture, there's a lady that it was power encounter. There's no need of speaking English. That lady that was demonized, if you go down the scripture, I'm just trying to rush because of time. 
if you go down the scripture, you see, you can keep going, ah, oh, this projector person is not with me. If you go down, you see there was a lady that was said, yes, with the spirit of divination, what happened there was a power encounter. If you begin to speak English, you know, Jesus died and resurrected. This, this, this person is already possessed, cannot hear you. The spirit is, is not, is more than dead. Cannot hear you. You need to lay hands. You need to cast out the demon. Then the ears open. Then you can preach. And she's then saved. Did you see that? And it happens in all circumstances. When they just stole your money, I pray they will not steal your money. Don't be carried away by that problem. The Holy Spirit can inspire you at that moment to preach the gospel. But we are too swallowed up by our issues and our problems. Anything can happen. Like, great, the great commission is to be done anytime, anywhere, at any place. Paul was in the prison and he was saving souls. What other thing do we need? He understands the mind of Christ. He understands the cry of Jesus. He knows Jesus' passion. He is his child. That's a true child. He understands that Jesus' plan is to save souls. Anywhere, any corner. You know, people will say that I will catch them in corner. Anywhere, any. You know, you can confront people. You can meet people on the road and say, come. Come. Let's go to my house. I will, have, I will give you food. Are you hungry? Let's go and eat. You can preach the gospel. Have a strategy. Have a plan. And go about it with passion. And be real. Don't do it because, oh, you know, today they now preach about evangelism and so winning. No, what I'm doing is, what is going on right now, rather, is baptism. You need to know these are the things you need to do. And we need to go and do it. We need to do it, and we need to do it passionately from our hearts, right? So there are different strategies. I wrote my note. I said you can serve. You can win a soul by serving them. You can just keep serving the person. You can just be kind, be serving. You can proclaim. You can gather. You can carry megaphone. People have done it before. You stand in bus stop. That's also so winning. If you can't do it, somebody else can do it. You can you can go through invitation. You can invite the person to church. You can invite the person over for something where you know the person will be blessed, and God can reach out to the person. So tonight, what we are saying is, I'll close up, and I'm not going to you know run over us. I'm just saying that. Make sure this is part of your daily plan. Make sure that you are doing what Jesus will have you do. You are keeping his word. Make sure that if you said you love Jesus, that is exactly how you're living your life. Make sure that when you say it, you're not an hypocrite. Make sure that when you say, Jesus, I love you, he's not looking down. Say, when? At which time will you start loving me? Make sure that is not the story that you have. You know, if you're not doing this thing, Jesus will know. I may not know. You may not know whether I'm winning so, but Jesus knows. He knows what is your true passion. He knows what is your longing. He knows whether when you come to church, all you're looking for is for him to just bless you. He knows whether it's problem that fills all your head, your spirit. He knows. You can deceive me. You can deceive everyone here, but you can't deceive Jesus. So be true to him and do the great commission. Go out and win so. Evangelize. Know that it is either heaven or hell. 
Please don't go and meet people on the road and tell them they will go to hellfire. Please. <laughs> Please, I beg in the name of Jesus. Just remind them that heaven is waiting for them. Praise God. Hallelujah. Is our seat. Please let's not forget these words. Amen. One important thing uh, Pastor D is saying to us is that let's not be deceived by our challenges. Let's not be let's not be deceived by our challenges. Huh? Don't be deceived by your challenges. And don't be carried away by your success. Are you with me? Somebody asks you, how is the ministry? Would it, would it be a wrong question? But with the way you are living your life, will it be a right question? Somebody should ask you, how is ministry? And there should be answers. There should be a plan. There should be, we should think about this. We should walk towards this. God takes care of soul winners. Soul winners are precious to God. You know, somebody knocked on my door on my on my mirror today in the traffic. And all I could tell him was that I'm a servant of God. That was all. I was with uh, Mabike, I was just in the traffic. Very rugged looking guy. And he said, you know, he said I should give him something now. If I don't want them to attack me. He said I just came back from the prison. He says give me something now or we shall attack you now. And I won down for him. I told him I'm a servant of God. And it's God that takes care of everybody. And he said, okay, I'm around with you. That was the only thing that came to my mind to say. That was the only thing that came to my mind to say. Because that's who I am. And that's who you are also. Hope you don't forget when I tell you the greatest burden you are carrying is your life. I mean, it's the heaviest load on your head. Your life is the heaviest load. The toughest thing to do is to take care of yourself. It's tough. It's tough. Sometimes when you ask me, Pastor, how are you doing it? You are doing this, you are watching after this, you are doing after that. It's easier than what you are doing. What I'm doing is easier than you thinking of what you eat. That's your work, is the tough work. So it says, Come to me, all of you who, are, who, who labor and ever laden. I'll give you rest. 
When the food in your house is ready, the toughest thing is to eat first. It's hard work. You know, you never feel guilty when you are taking care of people. You feel good. When you are taking care of yourself first, you are you are you know you are a terrible person. Are we together, friends? The Bible says, How beautiful are the feet huh? of those who, are, who, who bring light tidings. Beautiful. Our preachers, huh? Our preachers were first preachers. Before anything, you are what? You are a preacher. You, are, you declare Jesus. I'll stop counting who got saved, who didn't get saved. That's not for you to count. Huh? Like I said, sometimes the effect of... I've seen people who say that God them saved. I'm like, when? How? Just keep... Casting that seed everywhere. Everywhere. Just yesterday, I have this Muslim friend. I sent a message to him. And I told him and his wife, I'll go be my special guest. And funny enough, the guy said, we're going to come. Before they come, I'll do a lot of prayers. And when they come here, I'll preach my life out. Because I need them to be saved so that their life will be better. You know? And this thing is so important to Jesus. Jesus just sends people out anyhow. People who just were doubting him just right now. And he says, we'll go into the world, just go and preach. Anyone that believes, signs will not be condemned. Signs and wonders will follow. Whether it's you, whether it's them. <laughs> yeah, that's what he says. Whosoever believes, <laughs> it might not be you guys, but you preach. Are <laughs> people preach to you that you catch, you caught fire, and you are now preaching to them? <laughs> Has it happened to you before? Somebody preached to you, you got saved, and you're not like what? So this guy preached to me. That really happened to me when I gave my life to Christ. The people who who were in the Christ before me, I was wondering. I told you about Uzo. You can't forget Uzo. Uzo said, I'm happy now. We are now Christians. I told Uzo, it's not true. I was dead. Now I'm alive. But Uzo, you are still dead. <laughs> I call Yinka. He's now born again. The Yinka, you're no more my friend. He was my best friend before. I said, I'm now a Christian. Just go your way. I called him on the line line. I'm now born again. Because of the difference. I was just a young boy, 16 years old when I met him. Are we together here? He will fix everything. He will fix you. You know, he will fix your home. You know Jesus fixes homes. He will fix your home. He will fix everything. So we're here for a major assignment, right? 
I said, we're here for a major assignment. We're here for assignment. Man and wife, we're here for what? Assignment. Assignment. How many people in your lifetime, how many people have you gotten saved? It should trouble you. Have you ever filled somebody with the Holy Spirit? It should trouble you. Like you're saying, you know, some people you just need to cast out a demon in them. They get saved, get them filled with the Holy Spirit. And we have seen that over and over again. Some people don't even need altar call. You just cast out the demon and they wake up born again. Some people get filled with the Holy Ghost before, before they know what being born again is. Different stories we have experienced. Are we together, friends? So this Saturday we'll have a break. Um, there, wouldn't, there wouldn't be services Saturday, so let the uh, media unit send out the communication. There won't be, there won't be any meeting this Saturday. Um, so, um, training for the home cells. And that's why I'm excited about the home cells. Because in the home cells, you wake up every morning knowing that you have to save souls. And you have to bring somebody to our fellowship. What do we have? Glory home. Glory home. So, if you want your house to be one of the centers, please send your name to Pastor Desola. Who's raising his hand? <laughs> what is leaving us? If you want your house to be a fellowship center, send your name to Pastor Desola. And if you want to be a fellowship um, a house, cell leader. Also write down your name. The training starts for the old church, the old work team on Saturday, August. Huh? Is it August 13? Huh? It's on, on August 13. It starts and then we'll be having that just on Saturdays and then Sundays. There won't be Sunday evenings. There'll just be Saturday evenings. And that will continue during Sunday service. I'll be teaching in that line, first service and second, second service. Teaching in that line. And um, by September, we would officially inaugurate. I don't know what these media people are telling us to. It's like it's like it's like a rapper. It's like a new track is released. Ricky Z featuring Tracy D. That's how it is. As well. So, well, this was not the pictures we took for the flyers. I don't know why this ones they are using. We took, I took the suit. He gave them the suit one. They want to disgrace us. So, we shall resume the trainings. Um, 
Come to church with somebody every service, every Wednesday, every Sunday. Make that effort. And um, I think that's that. I think, I think that's all. Is there any other announcement? Um, I've been watching some of the clips of the um, teenagers' um, summer, summer academy, and it's been amazing. I'm so proud, you know, watching. You know, nothing is impossible. Never be afraid to dream. Because nothing is impossible. Do you know why? Do you know the meaning, the mental um, calculation of impossible? What usually happens is that when you think something is impossible, it's because you look at the thing and you have an imagination of what is needed to bring the thing to pass. Then you also calculate or think about the availability of it. When you see that it's not available, then you put a tag of impossible. Am I correct? But things don't happen because what will make it happen is available. The assumption that for something to happen, that what should make it happen should be available for it to happen, is what has entrenched the sense of impossibility in us. For you to know how things happen, you have to go and find out how did the first thing happen. It's the law of reference. When you find out how the first thing happened, then you understand that that is the true way things happen. That this one where you equate things to availability of things for a thing to happen is a falling idea of how things happen. The first thing that happened happened because God said that there be light. So it's not just that it's not available that okay if it's available even if it doesn't exist it can still happen. So stop checking what is available to determine what will happen. Whatever you want to happen speak it. Speak your life into existence. Don't check. Do I have all of this for this to happen? No. If you see it, what should you do? Speak it. That was how the first thing happened. Let there be light. Let there be this. Let there be that. So when you want anything, you want a great business, you see it in your spirit, what do you do? You speak it. You speak it. And I, I can bet you it will happen. By faith we know that the, that the visible world was made by the invincible. By faith we know that this world was made by the word of God. So speak. Don't calculate. Whatever God has put in your heart speak it and keep speaking it every day keep speaking it and then you will see things begin to shift are we together here let's be on our feet let's call it a day can we say a big thank you to Pastor Jason thank you